Entertainment Arcade is it's like it's kind of like a voting machine, but it's got like buttons and a joystick, like a video game you can play. That's what arcade is. You ever seen one? Of, you seen those before? I used right? to go. I used to go to arcade. My oh, grandma used to take me to arcade. Just oh, making okay. sure, man. Just making sure. I Good mean, plan. I'm knocking on thirty, bro. <laughs> I'm... Hey, man, arcade's been out. They, they've been out of style since about like '96. I'm knocking yeah. on thirty. I was born in '94. So you don't the tail end of arcade. <laughs> I, caught, I caught the tail. I caught the tail end of it. <laughs> to the Opinionated Brothers Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are your hosts. I have with me first, DJ. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, DJ. The IGN intellectual, Tim Lewis. How's it going? It's Tim. And myself, the man who doesn't work nearly as hard as he thinks he does, Travis Porter. So, guys, we're going to start off with a new segment we decided to try. How you been? Peaks and Valleys. This is actually brought to us by Tim Lewis. Tim, why don't you explain what Peaks and Valleys are? The iGen intellectual himself. Uh, so basically, um, it derived from me and my family sitting at the table over dinner. We used to always just talk about our day, talk about the, our peaks and valleys, so the high points and the low points of our day. So I thought we should incorporate that here where we live our daily lives, but come back to the podcast and talk about those things and talk about our experiences and things we see on the daily. Talk about our high points and low points of our day. Or weeks. We go peaks and valleys. That's cool. So my peak, what was my peak? I sold some shoes today. That was cool. Yeah. That's always good to make some hard, cold cash. Actually, my peak was no. Let me change my peak. My peak was actually seeing my mom. I ain't seen her in a couple of days. So I got to spend that time with her. That was actually my peak of the week. What was your value? Oh, what was my value? I mean, it's okay if you, if it's okay if you didn't have one, right? No, I, I mean, I had one. It just was, you know, it wasn't, you know, just because some, some valleys are lower than others, but it's still a valley. It's mm-hmm. not the highest point, so it's still some type of valley. My valley was, um, our store got robbed, so that was pretty bad. Talking to my boss, he'd been dealing with a lot ever since COVID. It's like one thing after another, all this stuff going on with the ride and losing, and the store got vandalized and we recovered everything but i just know praying for him like everything been kind of crazy at the job so yeah that was my valley i say my peak for the week was my seven year anniversary oh happy anniversary appreciate that man june 15th do you know what today is (laughs) it's my anniversary Hey, but at the same time, I, I say that's my peak because I would have never thought I would have been seven years into a relationship as far as like a marriage. But I know, I know that feeling. Yes. Yeah. Especially but, with uh, her probably, huh? Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I love her. But the thing no, that's, is... That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I know that, man. <laughs> but uh, my valley is also going on with my peak because, you know, this week, the Lord was really like showing me myself a lot. 
when you with somebody for that long, sometimes you start doing a, a lot of neglecting and you don't even see yourself. And the Lord really used the uh, uh, scripture in a different way to me. It was John 8, 1 through 11. I had to do a Bible study on that because the Lord really was like, was like really getting at me, you know, and it, and it was basically, you know, when the Pharisees brought uh, the adulterous woman to Jesus and basically, you know, told him that, you know, with the Moses law that she should be stoned to death and everything. And Jesus was like, he, without a sin, you know, you cast the first stone. And really, I, I, the Lord put me in that situation and, and really made me realize, like, it's a lot of things that my relationship go through because of the fact that I want to point out that she's doing the wrong and I'm not doing and I'm doing everything right. And the Lord really was like, how you going to do that? I mean, at the same time, it takes two to make a good relationship or a bad one. So at the same time, I had to really sit down and look at that man in the mirror. And it was, it was a valid moment for me because I realized like, bro, you could do more. You could do better. You know what I'm saying? As a husband, as a man, as a friend, as, as a youth pastor, everything. You, you could do more. It was awesome. It's awesome for the seven years, but at the same time for the Lord to really show you that you could do more. So you can make them seven more years, make 14 years a lot better. You know what I mean? So that's that, that's my peak in my balance for the week. Now, my wife and I, we have a child, so that's a little bit different dynamic. But still, it's about that six, seven-year mark where we went through kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. We both had to kind of stop pointing a finger at each other and start looking at ourselves and see, hey, what can we do to make this better? Mm -hmm. I think that's seven years. I think that's what they call it, the seven-year itch. Right. About that seven-year mark, that's when relationships kind of deteriorate or what have you. But that's good stuff, man. Again, happy anniversary. I hope this was just the beginning and God takes you out to a whole new level. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Congrats, DJ. Hashtag black love. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Hashtag black love matters. There you go. Facts. <laughs> so my peaks and valleys. I'm gonna start off with my valleys. Uh, I told you all about the Facebook fallout I had with my Facebook friend. We had a meeting at the job the other day and that person was there. I didn't really make contact with them because I was really not in the headspace to even confront that right there at the time. But on top of that, the person leading the meeting was talking about how to cultivate a more, I guess, accepting and understanding culture of the job. And he gave an example. So he handed someone a piece of paper on it was a big number nine. He said, what number do you see? This is a nine. The person said, no, this is a six. They're back and forth. This is a nine. This is a six. This is a nine. This is a six. As you can tell, the point is obviously perspective. You have to see each other's perspective for you to come to, under, come to an understanding. You don't have to agree with it, but you at least have to see where they're coming from. I'm taking this in, and I'm kind of at the corner of my eye. I see he's taking notes, but does he even realize the irony of this? <laughs> so that's one part of it. At that same time, I was told by someone else completely different who's in a department that I wish to transfer into in the next year or so that I would have to attain a certification that I have no desire to attain if I wanted to have a shot to get in that department. You have no idea how much I do not want this certification. But I digress. That was way on me. The show was way on me. What I want to achieve, what I hope we can achieve through the show, which we will get into that later at the end of this episode. Attempting to buy a house, that we're trying to do is weighing on me. All this stuff was weighing on me, and I could just not, for the life of me, just sort any of this thing out 
the best way I can describe it is there's just a bunch of noise in my head and in my spirit. After the meeting was over, I went back to my workspace and something my wife asked me a couple of nights ago came to my mind. She said, I hope you're finding time to yourself to de- for yourself to decompress and to get into be with your thoughts and just meditate on something. And at the time I thought I did, but it, I guess God showed to me that I really did. I really haven't been because if I had been, I wouldn't be hearing so much noise in my head. So I took a break. I got my journal. My wife does this all the time. I started, I started doing it. I went to my, I took a journal and I just started writing. I just basically started writing a letter to God and nothing was answered, but everything was clear. If that makes any sense at all. Makes a lot of sense. So after that, I realized, I looked back at where I was about a year and a half ago, back when Tim and I first started talking about, even before back when Tim and I first started talking about doing the show, before I even approached DJ with it. That was a time where I was kind of just stuck in life. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't even know how to start or if it could even be done. I didn't know if it was just some fruitless wannabe endeavor or if it was something that was extra attainable. That was over a year ago. And now I'm to the point where I have, I went from that to having so many options in front of me. I started reading a 50 cents book this morning. And I also got this from the same analogy that I'm about to give from a, a group that I listen to called Moonchild, which is like a jazz alternative group. We don't realize we have all the opportunities in front of us and the ones we don't take are the ones we choose to take because we either fearful of them or we don't think we can do it. And it's because what we see around us, when we don't see people around us taking those kind of leaps of faith, we don't think we can or we don't think we're going to be successful at it. But it takes us taking that leap of faith, knowing who's with us during those, who's with us at all times, even when we're not, and which is God, you know what I mean? He's ultimately in control of what we're doing, you know what I mean? So. We just had to know where our strength and our confidence comes from in order to tap into it. So what book, what book is that that you, that you read? Uh, it's called Hustle Harder. Hustle Harder. Okay. Yeah. This is Curtis Jackson's book? Yeah, just it. Curtis Jackson, yeah. Since we last met, a couple of things have gone down. I believe the Friday after our last episode was released, Dave Chappelle dropped 846 on us. Fire. About a 27-minute special on YouTube. You guys had a chance to check that out? No, mm-hmm. oh, it was fire. Tim? No, I'm going to watch it. I haven't. It's like the Black Panther movie. I, I wanted to watch it, but it was just I didn't have the time to. I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It's on my radar. I just, I watched a lot of stuff. I haven't watched that. You, you you really don't even have to watch it, man. I was just listening to it, to be honest with you. It's not much really? to watch. Yeah. I and, seen clips on, it's on Twitter and Instagram. Bro. 
So, so what, what, what have you been watching? Stuff like what? Steel Magnolia? Stuff like that? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, the right. Office. The Office. Hey, you know what? During my quarantine, I watched the entire... I look, Office is my escape from the world, bro. Like, when everything going on, like, before I go to sleep, like, after I say my prayers, I talk to God, and I watch The Office. See, that's what I did. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I did I did uh, binge watch The Office, you know what I mean? All night. Nah. 846 is something you should check out eventually. I didn't know he talking some real stuff on there. Like, Dave Chappelle never – he's been keeping it on since day one. So, it's like I didn't know what to expect. Like, I, like just from watching his last stand-ups and all that. DJ, anything in particular that stood out to you about 846? Honestly, what I what I love about 846 was the fact that he didn't choose to be funny. Right. He 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 said a few things that were funny, you know, when he talked about Candace Owens and stuff like that, but he was focused and he was he, he was point driven. He was just letting the audience understand, like, I've been telling you. These are the things I've been saying. You know what I'm saying? You guys ain't never been listening, but I've been saying this stuff. And he said, the reason I, you know, basically, like, the reason I'm, I'm the way I am right now is because of things like this. I, I love the fact that he felt exactly how I was feeling, man, because it was to the point where I kept saying stuff like, how do you, as a human being, put your knee on somebody's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds without a care in the world? And I and I love the fact that he, he I mean, he drove that home and let it be known, like, this is messed up, Period. Whether you want to believe it or not, and he and he told he told uh, everybody out there, continue to do what you're doing, continue to do it, don't stop. You know what I mean? They don't really get the picture and get to the and get the point until you're doing those type of things. And it's a shame, man. It's it's it's, it's a shame you got to burn something down and and really and, and really put fear in in in, in, in uh, everybody around you heart for them to even get the picture of. Maybe I should be listening to these to these people. It's crazy, man. It's just crazy. But I, I, I love I love I love eight forty six every bit of it, man. I love it. One thing that stood out to me, and it ties into the next quick fire topic we're going to talk about, Chris Dorner. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I did not hear about that. Long story short, Chris Dorner was a LAPD officer who reported his partner for I think use of excessive force and was subsequently mm-hmm. fired. And was fired. Chris Dorner was also a veteran of the Navy, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not was sure, it? but he was, he was a veteran in the, in the armed forces in the military. Obviously, from what occurred, I believe there was some type of undiagnosed mental trauma that he, that he suffered. Because after he was fired, he supposedly had, no, he didn't supposedly, he wrote a manifesto citing, I believe, 40 names of LAPD officers that he said he was going to kill. I'm not sure how many he killed, but regardless, it ended with, I believe they say, over 400 LAPD officers gunning him down. Dave Chappelle's point was there were 400 police officers because they understood that was one of their own. If you can understand that, why can't you understand the fact that these black men and women, not just black men and women, but he specifically focused on them, these black men and women are out there because they just saw one of their own get senselessly murdered right. on top of seeing the countless others in years prior. Right. So that's what really stood out to me. 
Yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. That part right there was like it was awesome because of the fact that Dave Chappelle basically was like the man told them that he was going to kill officers, but he said he was going to also kill their families. Families, yes. And after he killed those two officers in the patrol car, he left there and went to one of the officers' home and killed his daughter. Hmm. You know, it, it was to the point where he was like, you guys did this to me, and I was doing my job. I was doing the right thing, but you guys made it look like I was the bad guy. And when people are fed up, they're fed up. They are. And then, like, like he said, they switch cheese them. He said 400 and some officers showed up to that cabin, and they switch cheese them. Every last officer shot him up. And, and, he, and he was like, you guys can see that you guys were standing behind your brothers and were trying to stand up for them for being wrongly killed in your eyes. But when it comes to Black Lives Matter and, you know, the whole world basically seeing this man take a knee on, 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 on this man's neck, you can't see it. What's the difference? Right, exactly. Piggybacking off that, down here in Atlanta, we're not going to get to the story. I'm sure you've all heard the story about Rashard Brooks killed last weekend by two Atlanta Police Department officers. On June 17th, there was supposedly a walkout by at least 50% of Atlanta Police Department officers. Supposedly, they say they parked their cars, patrol cars, and went home. This is after the two officers involved in the killing of Mr. Brooks were convicted, were said they were going to bring charges up on them. Are they walking out in protest because these two officers are getting convicted? Yes. And, okay. They're walking out because of the one officer is getting convicted of murder right now. And yeah, it's felony murder. And he, he's getting convicted of felony murder right now. If you're one of the good officers that everybody seems to think there's an abundance of, if you're one of the good officers and you see this, why would you come forward? You see what I mean? Yeah. No. What what do you mean? Everybody say every time something like this comes up, oh, it's only it's just not it's not all police, it's not it's not systemic, it's just a few bad apples. Look what happens to the good apples. What happens to the good apples? They lose their jobs, they get fired. Yeah. Look at the bad apples. They're supporting this guy. They're in solidarity or some kind of brotherhood. Basically, it looks like they're saying, well, what do you mean we can't just kill people with impunity now? I'm not, do I'm not doing this job anymore. And, and Dave Chappelle just basically just showed you that a guy was fired for actually telling on his fellow officer. Oh, yeah. Overly aggressive. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, um, Buffalo, the Buffalo police officers who um, pushed that, the 75-year-old man down. They got a standing ovation from police officers when they left the courthouse. What is that? Man who was bleeding out of his ears. If you're, if you're a good cop, why would you come forward? What good does that do you? None. So don't if tell If he was just, bleeding out of his ear, don't that mean like he had brain, something going on with his brain? Yeah, something right. 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 Yeah, he hit the back of his head on concrete. So don't right. Don't, don't give me this. It's just a bad apple. It's just a few bad apples, crap. It looks like the bad. It looks like the bunch is bad, and the few bad apples are being held down. I'm sorry, and the few good apples are being silenced. Because what good is there gonna? What, what what's gonna happen to you if you do speak up? You're gonna be targeted now by the bad apples. Right. So there is a systemic problem. Yeah. The brotherhood is BS. Sorry. 
Sorry. It don't take fifty. It don't take what fifty billion dollars to run the police department. I'm sorry, it don't. That is not a billion dollar corporation, and I don't know how they managed to make it one. But yeah, no. But you know what? But you know what's so crazy is that uh, a lot of the officers basically, you know, walked out on their job trying to do, you know. Basically, like you know, boycott and try to do their own little protests, and they thought it was, you know, they they thought it was funny to have calls being called in and nobody showing up. You know what that tells me? I think Tim, what me and you talked about, they don't live in the neighborhood they serve. No, right. I've been, but I but but I've been saying that. I mean, yeah. you, you got you got you got people policing areas from but that, that lives in Buck County, Cherokee County, Gwinnett County, Roswell. You know, and it's to the point to where it's like, go police your own neighborhoods. Right. Why you gotta come to APD and police and police Atlanta Police Department when you got your own neighborhoods you're supposed to police? You know why? Because they don't need the police in those neighborhoods. More police doesn't make your neighborhood safer. Resources and money does. It does. Tim, when you lived in the uh, gated community you lived in, did you see did you see police roll up and down every day? No, there was no yeah. need for the police. If they called the police, it was going down. That like if the police was called, it wasn't no we coming to do a check. We you know making sure no it, something had to happen. But the, the the whole point I was trying to make about policing your own neighborhood is the fact that a lot of these guys from Cherokee County, Butts County, and all this right stuff, they come down here. Yeah, they're coming in. They're coming in for a reason, and the reason is stuff like just happened on in the Wendy's parking lot. Gonna get some action, an opportunity to pull your trigger. And the thing is, people don't even understand it. I I, I was sitting there like. Y'all can't see this. See, back in the day, when they when when, when it was somewhat segregation, when they had black police officers just policing the black areas and white police officers policing the white areas, an incident like this would have never happened because the black police officer would have been like, "Oh man, that's Rashad. Yeah. Oh, this. Oh, that's that, 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 that's Johnny. That's Johnny's boy. Or or this 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 next. Hey, park your car. Let me take you home. You had too much to drink tonight. Let me get you that safe. Yep." Don't do this again. Protecting this the public. Imagine that. Protecting the public. The well-being of the public. The way it's supposed to be. You see somebody in distress and you, and you and protect serving. them. You help them. It's but the thing is, like I said, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying what he did was right about being in the car drunk and intoxicated. But he was able to park his car into the parking spot like they, like, like they told him to. And he said, "Man, I live right around the corner. I could just walk to the house." And I understand, you know. You ain't got no police officers out there that's just really gonna let that happen nowadays because of facts. Yeah, I was that's dead. They wanna, they, they wanna put a record on you. Because like I said, they from Butts County, they from Roswell, they from Gwinnett County. They're not from Atlanta. Because I know a lot of I know a lot of APD officers who actually try their best to make and steer somebody in the right direction. It's a lot of it's it's it's, it's a lot of good ones. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, the, the the bad outweigh the good all the time, it seems like. All the time. All the time. But you know what they say? You're gonna lose some good apples. Sometimes and sometimes and sometimes you gotta sacrifice a little good for the bad because you gotta get a point across. Right now, right now we can't we can't separate the two and be like, oh, it's a whole lot of good police officers and, and, and we can't we can't we can't we can't make them all bad. At some point in time you gotta make them all bad because the bad ones are the ones in control. Some of the goods gonna have to fall to the wayside right now. You gotta think about just the good and bad ratio, like when you do stuff on a job. When you do good, like yeah, it gets but when you do something bad. When you make a mistake, for real, people don't forget that. 
that stick, the bad always stick for some reason. It don't even take a lot of bad cops to even spoil it for, you know, all the good cops that's out here. All it takes is a few and just rule them out. But like y'all said, the ones that's really out here got control and power. Before I read this next thing, I just want to say to, I'm not going to say his name, but my f- good friend who works for Atlanta Police Department, if you're listening, just know that I love you, man. Every night I'm worried about you. I hope you're doing all right. Hope you're taking care of yourself. And I say the same thing to my sister that's, that's, that's out there working with APD. I love you, but at the same time, you know what you got to do. Yeah. Right. And to all my homies that work Clayco, all my APD officers, and I'm sending them up for y'all daily. Praying for y'all, man. Tim, you said something about police budgets. I'm going to read an excerpt from the article by a writer named Annie Lowry. It's from The Atlantic. The wars in Iraq and Afghanistan will ultimately cost something like $6 trillion and policing costs $100 billion a year. Billion with a B. $100 billion per year policing. But proposals to end homelessness, $20 billion a year, create a universal pre-kindergarten program, $26 billion a year, reduce the racial wealth gap through baby bonds, $60 billion a year, and eliminate poverty among families with children, $70 billion a year, somehow never get financed. All told, taxpayers spend $31,286 a year on each incarcerated person and $12,201 a year on every primary and secondary school student. That's some crazy numbers, man. That's crazy. Break that down. What does that even mean? Like, break that down for the average everyday job. What are you even saying right now? If we cut police funding, mm-hmm. we can fund some of these, we can fund a lot of these programs. That's what you wanted me to say? You want me to say that? Right. Defund right, the police. Right. Hashtag defund the police. But 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 you know what? You know what? You don't you don't really have to defund them. Right. It's to the point to where you don't have to pay them so much. It's not even paying. It's not even paying them. It's just so, it's just the tanks. Know. Yes, that's all the all, 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 all the different type of weaponries, all that right. stuff, the rubber bullets that you only right. shoot against black protesters. I, I mean, that you're only supposed to shoot at the ground, by the way. But you're shooting at people's head. Target practice. Head, head shots. Target practice. That's wild. That's freaking you know? wild. But, but 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 it's crazy, man. It's to the point. It's to the point where like, why is all that necessary? I mean, right. why do you even need all that? Right. Why? Why do you even need all that? That's the thing I'm saying. Defund that part. Defund yes, the part about right. all these weapons and all this high-powered, you know, stuff. Like for what? For what? And for the record, on the personal note, I'm really sick of conservatives twisting things. Yeah, defund the police is probably not the best catchphrase because it could be. It just makes it sound like that's yeah. And that's pe- why people say defund and they hear abolish. What they mean? People, like, oh, so you don't want police? Uh, nobody said that at all. Nobody said, I've, okay, now, for the record, yeah, there are some people who do want to abolish, abolish the police. <laughs> we are not there yet as a society. Nowhere close. No. No. Right. But defund does not mean get rid of. And I'm sorry, if, if you really believe that, you're either disingenuous or you're stupid. Right. Okay, because, because any somewhat thinking rational adult will know defund does not mean get rid of. 
Right, right. And and but but you know what? It, 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 <laughs> it's so crazy when I hear people be like, oh, 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 so you want you don't want the police? Oh, okay. Guess what we're gonna do? Let me tell you something. This is a fact. People start shooting, people are gonna shoot back. Yeah. Period. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't understand why people think they're still living in the 1919s. You know, when 273 Arkansas uh, farmers was lynched, like, you know, in 1919, like they was doing, they, they, they got lynched because of the fact that they weren't trying to go to war with nobody. There was 273 black people that were lynched in 1919 in Arkansas who were farmers after World War One, and they, and, and they think, and they thinking in society right now that you have people that are still walking around the same way. No, you got to understand, people know you now. They know what you're about. And the thing is, I'm like, why do you even want to make it war on this land like that? Right. Why? Why even say those type of things? Why Why? Why say those things like, oh, you want the police because we're going to shoot you? Why? Why are you even talking like that? Like people that just want to just bow down and just let you shoot them. Stop that mess, man. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Something else that happened during this past craziness. The company that owns the Jamama brand, of syrup and pancake mix decided to get woke and change their name to what we do not know yet. And also discontinue the use of the mascot of Aunt Jemima. For those of you who do not know, Aunt Jemima was based off the mammy archetype that was used in menstrual shows back in the 1800s, early 1900s. Menstrual shows were basically shows where it made black people look like buffoons and they were betrayed by white actors in blackface. In a nutshell, that's what they were. I'm gonna reserve for what I have to say. If you guys have anything to say first, one thing I'm gonna say is this right here: anyone who sit back and say, "Ain't your mama, Uncle Ben, cream of wheat," is Mrs. Butterworth part of that? I was never sure about Mrs. Butterworth. Yeah, she's a part of it. Okay. Anybody who says that that was never meant to be racist or it was never racist, has never actually been to the Black uh, Museum in Washington, D.C. and went to the third floor. I mean, oh, no, no, not third floor. I mean, three floors below. And after you get oh, through- Oh, yeah, that's where, all, that's where all the heavy stuff is. Uh, you know, when, when, you, when you get down there and you actually see the pictures and you see the uh, statues of the mammies, the black faces with the red lips, and all that type of stuff. When you, when you actually see those faces and, 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 and you know for a fact that it was actually meant to be racist. The newspapers put those pictures in the paper to be funny, talking about black babies. And the ancient mama used to always be the one holding the black babies. Well, see, DJ, I'm sorry. that that's, You're just ignorant, my friend, because I'm going to show you what somebody on Facebook said. So it must be true. Check this oh, out. Oh, it must be true. <laughs> Check this out. Check this out. The world knew her as Aunt Mama but her given name was Nancy Green and she was a true American success story. She was born a slave in 1834 Montgomery County, Kentucky and became a wealthy superstar in the advertising world as its first living trademark. What? <laughs> superstar. Green was 56 years old when she was selected as spokesperson for a newly, for a new ready mixed self-rising pancake flour and made her debut in 1893 at a fair and exposition in Chicago. 
She demonstrated the pancake mix, served thousands of pancakes, and became an immediate star. She was a good storyteller. storyteller. Her personality was warm and appealing, and her showmanship was exceptional. Her exhibition booth drew so many people that special security personnel was assigned to keep the crowds moving. Nancy Green was signed to a lifetime contract, traveled on promotional tours all over the country, and was extremely well paid. Her financial freedom and stature as a national spokesperson enabled her to become a leading advocate against poverty and in favor of equal rights for folks in Chicago. She maintained her job until her death in 1923 at age 89. This was a remarkable woman, and she has just been canceled by the left. Her legacy, her value, her contributions, all reduced by the ignorant so they could feel self-righteous. Aunt Jemima's face is being removed from products over debates that it is racist. Are you f***ing kidding me right now? So you're telling me that it's okay that... <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. You're telling me that it's okay that this character, based off the racist mammy archetype, is fine because she made money off of it because she was a black woman in the early 1800s that took what was probably one of the only roles available to her, but it's fine because she made money and she was popular. Give me a fucking break. Seriously? I'm gonna have something to say about these moderate white people later on. We'll get to that, but you gotta be fucking kidding me right now. If that's the case, they might as well, never mind, I ain't gonna go. Let me ask you a question. <sighs> you got a family, right? I'm sorry? You got a family, right? I imagine so, yeah. They still making money off of it? Uh, you know what? Doing my research, I don't think they are. I'm serious. Exactly. I don't know. So, so you mean to tell me the likeness of a person who was an instant superstar made no generational wealth for her family? Right. Hmm. No? The, the, fir so the first, the first really living make? trademark. But this same company... Is making billions and trillions of dollars off of her, her image, right? Right. But her whole entire family, I'm pretty sure you had grandkids and grandkids and grandkids on top of grandkids. I guarantee you they ain't even seen a dime. And I highly doubt right. that she died a rich woman as well, just because of the times. She did. She did. <laughs> so come on. In 1923, and come on, bro. And for... <laughs> And you gonna oh turn this God. into a you gonna turn this into a cancel culture issue? Really? You gonna simplify that crap to a cancel culture? Get out of here with that mess, man. Miss me with that. Old ancient mama, uh, Lillian Richard, Lillian Richard, Miss Butterworth, Uncle Ben, and Cream of Wheat. Every last one of those people, every last one, was a likeness of a slave. A cook in the kitchen. But, or but, but they got paid. That's, they got that's, paid. that's what they said. They got paid. That's what they say. But at the same time, I guarantee, I guarantee, Uncle Ben, Prima Wheat guy, Mrs. Butterworth, old ancient mama, I guarantee none of their family, none of the mm -hmm. grandkids, and the grandkids on top of the grandkids are seeing any of that money right now. What's so crazy is, Everyone who is basically removing things that they feel like is racist right now in 2020 because what everything is going on. But before now, it really wasn't important. But the only reason a lot of people are doing the things that they're doing because they know the buying power of black 
people. Yep. And that's the only reason they're trying to make themselves look appealing to us. They're trying, they're, trying, they're, trying, they're trying to make us realize like, oh, they're for us. Let's continue to spend our money over there because if yes. we spend money amongst ourselves again, we're going to have another 1921. Okay, first of all, that's cap. And for all those people who don't know, I'm going to break down what cap is. Cap means they're, ca- they're, they're capitalizing. People in these positions who have these positions to oppress us, put it put it they they put out these things and say these things to capitalize off whatever they feel like is trending at the moment to to use it to make themselves feel like they're on our side make us feel like they're allies and capitalize that's where the word cap comes from to capitalize off the situation to make more money this is a cap and guess what you got those brands like starbucks who know that black people don't support their business they know they make their money off white people buying expensive coffee that says, oh, you we can't just, wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. We just go to Starbucks for the Wi-Fi. Right. They know y'all still going to come for the Wi-Fi anyway. So That's they're it. like, <laughs> we're just going to make our money off, off our rich white girls buying our uh, stuff. So we don't support Black Lives Matter. We don't need Black Lives Matter to make our business grow. We've made a lot of money off our own people supporting us and buying our coffee. It's too expensive for you guys anyway. So... But like you said, those the buying other companies that know the buying power of black of you know our community and you know of like that we spend our money with these companies that made these brands what they are today have put these names at the top. Like you said, they they trying to save face. It just goes to show the effect that society has had on the image, on the psyche of Black America. Because like for years, we've known that that's not been okay. We've known where it's come from, but we've just kind of let it slide. We still, we still about uh, Jamama. I was gonna say, was it actually good? What do you mean, like tasty? Yeah. I mean, not really, the pancakes are kind of garbage. (laughs) I mean, serve is serve, it's gonna be good. But the thing is, the thing is, no matter- Okay, syrup ain't syrup. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. No matter how much people (laughs) said that it was racist, they didn't care. That's the whole point. Because we didn't care. Because we didn't care. No, 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 no. Even if we cared, they didn't care. You know how many times? You know how many times people actually looked at that bottle and said, "Look at this bottle, man. That's so racist." Because you already know it was ancient. You, 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 you know where it came from. It's a slave woman. So, so it was somebody working master kitchen. So. You look at that bottle, you're going to automatically say, oh, man, you know, this is racist. But at the same time, you only get it for the syrup. Right. The thing, even if you go on Twitter, Facebook, or anything, be like, man, this is racist. Do you think the companies even cared at the time? No. No. They only they care because of what's going on right now. Now, all the reason and they hey, care right now because they got an opportunity to lose a whole lot of money. Here's my thing about it. The right thing for the wrong reason is still the right thing. Yeah, you take your take your W's where you can get them. No, no, the yeah. right thing for the wrong reason is still the right yeah. thing. They didn't take yeah, the, right. They, right is right, even if nobody is doing it. Wrong is wrong, even if everybody does. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, after all that craziness, forty five. 
our illustrious leader decided that he was going to have his first rally post-corona because apparently we beat corona. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. We Nobody knew that. We beat COVID. USA, but, but, USA every, but, but every day, every day I see the uh, case numbers is rising, especially when everybody right. in Florida. They, they haven't. News, first of all, news, they, they haven't. They haven't lowered. They haven't lowered since it started. So fake let's news. just fake news. We beat Corona. It's been constant. We beat it. We beat it. Constantly rising. We beat Corona. That that's why the president asked you to sign a waiver before you attend the rally. He, <laughs> in all of his wisdom, all of his cabinet. No mask required. Sign his waiver. Rally. No mask required. In all of his wisdom, he decided to hold his first post-corona rally on June 19th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Little history lesson. June 19th or Juneteenth is basically Black Independence Day. It's when Texas, the very last state, was told about the Emancipation Proclamation. Tulsa, Oklahoma is home to probably the worst, I don't want to call it a riot, it was pretty much a race massacre. Black Wall Thank Street, you. if you've never heard of it. Thank you. I believe it started with a young elevator operator was accused of touching or groping a white woman. White citizens got with local police and basically murdered, slaughtered the residents of Tulsa and burned it to the ground. <sighs> yeah, that's when he decided to hold his first rally. You know, you know what I like about that, though? I like what Russell Whistle is, do, is doing right now. What's he doing? He's actually hosting a block party to go, a free block party to go against the Trump rally. Are they signing waivers? <laughs> no. <Nah>, he's just <laughs> basically saying, come here and have a good time. If he's holding the rally, this is what we're going to do on this side. To his credit, I guess, he decided to hold it the 20th. Still in Tulsa, but no longer on June 19th. But, guys, nobody knew about Juneteenth before he said that. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made it popular. He said he made no it popular. No one knew about Juneteenth until Donald Trump said something about it. Yeah, he no one white knew about it. Yeah, I mean, he said, he, actually he, said he made it popular. I mean, everybody, what does everybody mean to him? Everybody doesn't include black people to him. He said everybody. He said everybody, but he said he made it popular. Yeah. Hey, man. It is what it is. You, you know what? I want to I, I, hold on. I want to say a shout out to that boy, uh, Russell Westbrook. Also. Well, uh, he's doing a docu-series detailing the 1921 block, Black Wall Street, the race massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Shout out to him, too, though. have an honest talk about it when did you first hear about it i'm gonna i'm gonna go first uh honestly since i'm think, the youngest in the room can i go first sure well i was in summer school actually 
and uh, our teacher was talking about it. What age? I was I like sixteen? Okay. Yeah, I was in summer school. Of course, it was like nineteenth or whatever coming up, and yeah, they're talking about Juneteenth, and I'm like, I never heard of this. Like, what? What is this? It's like, well, this is the actual day that uh, of our independence. Not to cut you off, it was June 19th, 1865, which I think is two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was actually written, because it took right. that right. long to get to all to get across all the states. Yeah, right, exactly. The Emancipation Proclamation was written in what? Uh, 1863, 18. I believe. Yep, 63, and then yeah, everybody was free by for 65. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so crazy? Nah, never mind. But, but you uh, heard about it. But you heard about it from a teacher. Yeah. From somebody. A literature teacher, not even a teacher that teaches history. So this was actually pretty dope. DJ, Black guy, of first, course. When did you first hear about DJ? Oh, I heard about it. I think I was like in middle school or something like that. I probably was like 14, 15. What'd you hear and about? And I ended up hearing about it from um, one of my homeboys' father. He was talking about it. But at the same time, though, I mean, it's crazy that we have something like Juneteenth and nobody really cared about it, but we're going to um, party like it's 1999 with Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> but that's just me talking. Wow. That's just so, my opinion. Real talk, I, I didn't hear about Juneteenth until probably well into my adult life. And I think I li- actually heard about it just through the great on social media at some point. Probably, I was probably... <sighs> Don't say it. Maybe 25. But but there's nothing wrong with that because people don't talk about it. The only reason I heard it because my um, like I said, my homeboy dad ended up telling me about it. It wasn't right, and that's that's what I'm getting at because that's I I mean I wasn't the best student in class, but I was pretty good. But regardless, I don't remember that ever being in any history book. No, it's not. But you know what? But you know what I do remember. Christopher, right. Christopher Columbus and the Pilgrims sitting nice and pretty at the right. table with the Indians. I remember that though. Oh yeah, right. They always made that out to be a pretty picture. And you always wonder where the black people in this story. I never wondered that. They were the Indians. I did. <laughs> What'd you say, DJ? I said they they were the Indians, but hey, that's just my opinion. Wow, funny story. Funny story. That was that was yeah. I was probably about twenty five, twenty six when I first heard about June. And it's so crazy because I told my parents, and it's like, yeah, I'm like, so y'all knew about this, and y'all weren't gonna. Y'all didn't tell me. Like, (laughs) are y'all serious? (laughs) This is vital information. I need to ask my parents if they knew about it because I mean, it's just you need to tell your daughter. Of course they did. You think they did? Yeah, they probably did. But so I guess this is the year. Black America decided we're going to party like it's 19, well, 1865. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you guys got any special plans? No. Uh, so are we not celebrating 4th of July? I mean, probably I mean, not. I know. <laughs> we probably are, to be honest with you. We probably it's are. actually bad because that weekend is the weekend of my brother getting married, so I know we're going to be Turned up anyway. I mean, I mean you, you're gonna cel- you're gonna celebrate a marriage. I mean, of course, but you know, right? But like, let's see. My sister's birthday is the third, so I guess we're just gonna light fireworks in her honor. 
So should we shoot fireworks? On G- you know what? I don't know. Should we do that on June 19th? I think I'm, we should. No, I feel like we, same time, though, we can I mean, do our own thing, I'm, man. I'm going to be working because I, I, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was scheduling myself to work before we decided that we was going <laughs> to... Before, before Black America decided we was going to celebrate this year. I didn't know I was late to the party. Hey, man, don't hold it in. Just laugh. This is a show. It's awesome, though, man. You know, it, but, but you know what? You know, so... <laughs> What's, re- what's really a trip is that uh, it took all of this for us to really actually come together and to start celebrating something that we should have been celebrating from the beginning. Yeah. But the right. thing is, though, it's hard to celebrate something that you don't even feel exists. Exactly. That you don't even know about. You don't no, feel no, no, exists, no, 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 no. you don't know about. When I, when oh, I say yeah. don't feel exists, when I, when I say feel don't, don't feel exists, is that at some point in time, you actually got to feel free. To right, really freedom, and I think I think mentally, physically, a lot of people have not been set free of, of everything that went on because it still hasn't been addressed. I mean, like like I said, when you got somebody like Dr. King back in 1967 having an interview on TV, basically telling you that you 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 freed the slaves, but at the same time you gave them no land when you was giving all the land to the Europeans that was coming over here. You had millions, millions millions of acres that you was giving from the West and the Midwest to all the European settlers. But when you freed the slaves, you gave no, no land, you gave them nothing to build no kind of wealth. You know what I'm saying? To set themselves up in America, a land that they actually built. 40 acres and a mule. Still waiting on that. Never got it. Never got it. So I ain't gonna cap. My people got theirs and we still got ours. So well, good for y'all. I, mean, I don't know who y'all know, but I guess we got lucky. No, y'all didn't get lucky. Y'all just kept up with it. Yeah. I see it what you're saying. It's, deep, it it's deeper than rap. I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. No, no, no. Never mind. It's deeper than rap. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You guys thought it was a Juneteenth flag? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it ain't even a Juneteenth flag. It's the Negro. Negro. It's the, yeah, they it's, call it it's, the, it's the Pan-American flag. flag. Nah. It's the green, black, and blink, green, black, and red flag. It's like the nope. American flag, but it's green, black, nope. and red. Nope. Oh, that flag? Yeah, I knew that one. I didn't oh. know. Yeah, I did. See, yeah, yeah, I knew about that one. Oh, okay. Pretty cool. But... How long that been out? That's been out. I don't know. It's been I'm, out I'm, It's probably years, been out for man. a while. But yeah, it's been out for years. When I found out about it, that's when I... That's what I... When I Googled Juneteenth, that flag came, actually came up. Okay, cool. That was over 10 years ago. Another reason to your to your to your same uh, point, when you feel like something don't exist, it's almost like underground music. Like when you hear a song or something that's underground, and you meet like one other person who know who knows about the song. You see, what I'm saying like when it's underground, it's like you still don't feel like it's a thing for real. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of right. like the same thing, like with the Juneteenth, like. You said you heard your uh, homeboy dad talking about it, but like you can't celebrate alone. You see what I'm saying? So it's like when you don't have other people that don't even don't don't even know about then compounded with like you said, we don't even feel free. So how can we even celebrate? And then you still got you know it's a lot of people that don't want it that's not woke to it, and a lot of people in my generation that found out about it after companies made it. A holiday after it got recognized by these companies or 
what you, you know what I mean, what you have. They're like, I never knew this was a thing. So and it's like past, so you mean the past few days? Yeah. Right. For the a for lot the, of people for the record, everyone we're recording this on June eighteenth. So happy Juneteenth in case you're listening to it. On that or day. Or happy yeah. previous. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Happy belated Juneteenth because it probably won't be released on Juneteenth, so to be used so first it was brought to us as hey guys um it was brought to my attention that the use of the n-word was you know being used i don't want to hear it i wouldn't i don't want to have to walk anybody out fire anybody for the use of the i would hate to lose one of you guys to you know the usage of this word this the uh manager supervisor whatever this the store manager Black guy, guy. I can't remember what you said. Black guy, white guy. We're not gonna disclose this right yet. Not yet. Okay. I want first of all, I want to know what you got. Then I want. I'm gonna disclose it. Well, okay. I I go ahead and give you his race. He's Middle Eastern. He from like Dubai, Qatar, something like that, somewhere. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, I don't want to hear it." Da da da. And so the next day in the meeting, in the morning meeting, he says, "Hey guys, uh, it's been brought to my attention, basically the same way that." The use of the N-word has been used. I don't want to hear it, and I don't want to have to lose anybody. Do you guys agree with this? How do you guys feel about this? That's what he says. Hmm. So people automatically raise their hand and say, I don't agree with it. Hands go up left and right. I don't agree with it. I want to, I want to, pause, I want to and, pause you for a second. Is he talking about just a general conversation? He's not talking about on the sales floor, is he? Because I would hope you're not used to on the sales floor. Right, right, right. Yeah, now I'm the Okay, you just talk about like in the break room, whatever. Just anyway, yeah, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Not anyway. in front of customers, just in general. He didn't want to right. hear it. Right, there you okay. go. Just, yeah, he didn't want to hear it. So um, one guy, I, I, and I just had to bring this up because one guy, I remember him saying, you can't take that word away from us. Da, 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 da. It's the only thing we got. And then from my perspective, I'm going to get my opinion on it. From my perspective, it's a place of business regardless. Yeah, outside of work, we may say we want whatever, whatever. You may use it with your homeboys. What's up, my, you know, whatever. But it's a place of business. Do I think somebody should be fired? Like, I mean, what would y'all think if I came to y'all and said, bro, I got fired for what? And I was saying the N-word, bro. Like, Unfortunately, I mean. I you know what I was saying? Go ahead. What? What you got? What you got? Let me hear you. I would say you should be. I was exactly. I mean, unfortunately, right. I mean, I hate to be that guy, You're but the it's workplace. It's a it's a professional setting. Right. Exactly. I say you should be, and right. then at the same time, you should have enough respect for yourself to the point to where you should hold yourself to a high self respect. You should hold okay. yourself to a high enough standard to where, knowingly, if I use this word, it's going to give them the freedom to use this word more in my presence. And I was I'm, I'm, okay, and I want I want to get into that too. So, how do you guys feel about it, just in general, like in casual talk? Let me tell you something. I know I, I know for a fact I've used the word 
And, you know, sometimes, you know what I'm saying, it can slip out here and there, but at the same time, you got to understand that it still don't make it right regardless. And the thing is, that's not a word that I want to hold on to and keep. That's not something I want to keep. Like, I really want to know how old this guy was who even said, uh, you can't take that word from us. Like, dude, you understand that you got more words that you can use? I mean, I got a feeling he's a young guy who doesn't even know what that actually means. He has to be 19 or 18. Or he got to be 20. It wasn't, you, it wasn't you, was it, Tim? No, it wasn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Come on. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what, like, I'm in, I'm in a leadership role, but I'm not in leadership, like, management and that. And so I just had a, like I said, the un, I had an unpopular opinion about it to the crowd and I'm like, okay, I've had a more mature, but now that I see, I'm like, I had a more mature opinion about it. Cause I'm like, bro, like this the workplace. If this was to go to HR, you think they would care how y'all felt about it? And the reason I respected my um, store manager because he did open up the floor. He did, it showed that he cared about us cause he actually asked like, cause they would, they were pointing out like, okay, you got the G-A and the E-G-E-R, whatever, whatever, and we use this as a word of endearment and all this. I'm like, okay, first of all, y'all doing too much. The fact that he even let y'all talk about this, only place where this conversation can be had, the only other place is the office. That's the only other place, and that's a comedy, Mm -hmm. fictional fictional comedy show. That's the only other place where this conversation can be had because no other job, I don't care where you work, no other job, your, st- your manager, your main manager is going to ask you how you feel about this word or whatever. So y'all, first of all, y'all need to be, I respect him more than I respect the, y'all response to everything. And it was just, bro, it was a whole thing. But I, I wanted to know what y'all thought about that. That was pretty wild for me but, to sit to in. To be honest, it shouldn't, even, it shouldn't even have been a topic of the uh, conversation. Right. It, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't even be a... Uh, no, 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 no. You can't you can't tell us to stop doing that. No, walk out the store, bro. You're fine. That that's that's what it should have been because it's to the point where it's like, you should know better. As, as, as a young black male or a young black woman, you should know that you do not want to be at the I'm not gonna even tell you your job name. You 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 should you should know you want you should not want to be out there, you know, at a, at an established like establishment like this, even in the break room using that word. How, how how can how can someone how can someone who, who who's your leadership even respect you after hearing these things and to say I'm going I'm going to promote this guy I'm going to promote right. this guy because you know I like I, I like the way he handles himself I like the way he speaks you know no he's not going to do it he's not going to do it I mean you got words like bro brother you you, you got and and, pe- and, pe- and people and people see those words and be like. I'm not gonna say that, man, because I look square. No, you look square doing what you're doing, because you're doing too much. You 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 are trying to be hood at a workplace, man. Chill out, man. That's be the professional. Like, we gotta be professional, man. And you know, I feel like in the black community, that's one thing that holds us back as people just being professional, because we we don't like to draw the line. But yeah, we gotta be professional, man. Yeah, you do. You want to make professional money? You gotta be a professional individual. Right, but that's but that's but that's the thing though. You don't under, people don't understand that people. You're so cool with your with your manager, your store supervisor, to the point that where you feel like you can tell him how to run his establishment, just because he giving you an opportunity to voice your opinion. Right. The only thing you want to do is hear. 
Right. All thing you want to do is hear. He already told you that what's not going to happen. I just want to know what you, how y'all feel about it. But this right. is what's going to happen. And and and, that, and that's the whole thing. It's like just for him to be able to just talk to you guys and and, and, and to to hear your side, which it shouldn't even been a side to hear, to be honest. No. It, 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 it shouldn't even been a topic of discussion. Like I said, he should. They shouldn't even wanted to even talk about. It. They should have just been like, all right, cool. I understand. Move on. That's just me. That's my opinion. This has really been kind of a divisive back and forth issue for me. You guys watch Bill Maher? Yeah. I love Bill Maher, actually. HBO? Yeah. I used to, I used to be on him a lot. But I haven't watched in a while. Me neither. Um, I think he's, uh, he's got some good points. I think he's a little pretentious sometimes, but that's not neither here nor there. I can't remember the last time I watched Bill Maher, but I love Bill Maher. It was before quarantine. That's the last time I watched Bill Maher, to be honest with you. Anyway. Over 10 years ago. (laughs) That's what it feels like. In 2017, Bill Maher had Senator Ben Sass on his show. Ben Sass is a senator from Nebraska. There was some banter between the two when it says, I've got to get to Nebraska more. Ben Sass replied, well, you're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields. Bill Maher said, work in the fields, Senator, I'm a house nigga. Much to the chagrin of his audience, there weren't that many laughs. And he quickly tried to recover. No, no, it's a joke. Do you guys remember that? I actually saw that episode live. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that episode live, but I saw the, uh, the backlash. I saw it live. HBO no, I didn't catch it. I, I didn't catch it. Subsequent replays, HBO cut that word out. HBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Later, I think the next night, the next week, his next show, Ice Cube was a guest and they talked about it. Well, Bill Maher didn't really talk about it. He kind of tried to brush it aside. But the first thing Ice Cube says was, I knew you was going to F up sometime. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 knew you was going to F up. Um, he then basically went to explain, which I've heard a lot, and I can really honestly understand where his rationale comes from. He said, you can't use that word anymore. It's our word. I can understand why we feel like that. It's a word that was used to demean, degrade, and hurt us. And we turned it into, like Tim said, a greeting of affection. Granted, it's spelled and pronounced differently. That makes a difference. And to what you said, DJ, I also understand how us using it amongst each other gives people almost unspoken permission to use it. You know what I'm saying? It's a time and a place for everything. Right. Know your audience. And, and the thing is, when Ice Cube said the fact of, you can't say it no more, it's our, that means if I use it, it's amongst us. But at the right. same time, though, why would I choose to be using this word amongst everybody else who, who's in the vicinity? Just so, just so it can make them feel comfortable enough to say it whenever they want to say it. When I know for a fact I'm gonna lose it now, if they if they say this to me, I'm gonna lose it. Why would I even get that comfortable around somebody? Why I go to work to go to work? Yeah, I go to work to make ends meet. All right. Actually, I don't go to work to have a conversation. If we have a conversation every now and then, cool. Because, like I said, you gotta be cool. You gotta be friends with who you work with. But at the same time, though. We ain't getting that deep. I'm not going to let you get that comfortable. 
Right. I'm not going to let you get that comfortable the way you think that you can call me that word. Come on, bro. No. That's the only thing I'm saying. You guys ever caught a member of another race saying it and they didn't know you were around? Me, me personally, I actually have been called the word. I, I can actually say I remember being um, – I was in the eighth grade and um, – Oh, uh, a Caucasian guy in my neighborhood chose to uh, tell his son, we had just moved, we had moved from College Park over here. And um, when I get over here, these folks, I mean, they, they, he, he, he basically had the nerve to say, he's an N-word, you know what I'm saying? No, no, he said, he ain't an N-word either. And I'm like, you know, I didn't hear it, but one of my friends, his dad heard it. And he was like, what did you just say? And you know, he, he was a white guy also. He was like, what did you just say? Like, did you just did you just say that? And then the guy was like, I'm just I'm just saying what I'm saying. He was an older guy. And I'm sitting there like, oh man, he he has to call me the N-word. Like, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you hear something and you don't even right, believe like, it. Right. <laughs> it was one of those things like, nah, I don't think he said that. Did he say that? And then and then when when, when, when when I saw my friend dad just like blow up, I said, he said that. Like he, he that's that's what he called me. But, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been on the other end of it. Um, I've been on the receiving end of it when I was in, like, middle school of a kid who didn't even he didn't even know what he was doing. He just did it because he wanted to, you know, use it to taunt me or whatever. But we fought. I beat him up. And <laughs> got kicked out of school. <laughs> that was it. But I ain't – it didn't – honestly, I didn't really – like, we were so young. We were, like, in sixth grade, so I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't even know what I felt. I knew it was wrong. That was more so in that moment. And I'm like, he trying to use this to do whatever, and I'm going to show you more so, like, you ain't finna just do whatever you think you can do to me. But uh, in my adult life, no. Like, So two times I've heard it used by Caucasians. Neither one of them. Actually, I think they, they both they both knew us. They both knew I heard them say it. Me and my friends, it was four of us. We went to go see a movie. There were these two white kids. They were, I don't know if they were playing. I think they were playing Street Fighter 3 on the arcade. Um, Tim, an arcade is, it's like, it's kind of like a voting machine, but it's got like buttons and a joystick, like a video game you can play. That's what arcade is. You ever seen one? You seen those before? I used right? to go, I used to go to arcade. My grandma oh, used go. to take me to arcade. Just oh, making okay. sure, man. Just making sure. I mean, I'm knocking on 30, bro. <laughs> I'm, Hey man, arcade's been out. They've they've been out of style since about like '96. I'm knocking yeah. on thirty. I was born in '94. So you don't the tail end of the arcade. <laughs> I, caught, I caught the tail. I caught the tail end of it. Wow, oh, bro. Nah, they still got arcades. Y'all didn't know that. They have arcade cabinets. Like, he said I was born in '94. Uh, you don't realize they have. It's a bar called Joystick. It's I have arcade. heard of that, but I digress. It's an arcade. So they were just saying, look at the N-word, look at the N-word, basically as far as the characters on the screen. They didn't know what was standing behind them, but I guess when they kind of, <laughs> you know, I'm a kid, I don't, I kind of don't want to start no trouble, but I gave them that mother effing what look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of just shirked away. Didn't, you know, they just kind of, they looked at me like, oh, and then say much and kind of went on their way. Second time, was, <laughs> second time I was in my adult life, my roommate at the time was a white guy. 
and we had went to go see, I think, the first Transformers. And um, his friend was with us that I've never met before, but I'm pretty sure he had a Confederate flag in his room. And he was using it pretty liberally, so much so that he didn't like, it wasn't so after the fact that my roommate came to me and said, hey man, he wanted me to tell you that he's sorry for what he was saying. Never said it to me or at me, you know, but kind of just using it. Do you really think he apologized? Um, I honestly don't care, to be honest with you. Okay. I really don't care. Because that, I mean, to me, I didn't hold. What does it matter at this point? Right. It is, if I he did or didn't, I, I didn't hold against it my roommate. And to me, it just says. Um, <laughs> he did. It, he says it. He he uses it. and those other t- two kids too. They use it much more in their personal life when there aren't any black people around. So yeah, and that and that's why, like you said, DJ, that's the problem I have with us using so liberally, liberally, like it almost like gives permission for other people to use it. Then you got people. Like Joe Exotic and other bald people. Why can't I say say it? Why can't I say it? Y'all can say it. Number one, it's my did, first amendment. One, right. why, why do you want to say it? Number one. Why do you want Because it gets the people going. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Go to Greenbrier. <laughs> Go to West End. Go to West End. Go to Southside Chicago and say it. Go ahead and, and say it. Freely. Scream it at the top of your lungs. Just go ahead and say it. Green. If, if you want to do it that bad, just say it. You can you can about, say it. You be, Go ahead and say it. You bet you better be assault life. <laughs> and all my all my white friends know what that means. Assault life. That's the only way you're gonna make it out of that one. And you still might not make it. I don't, no, that's, I don't see it that's my thing, man. It's just I don't I, see it. I, <laughs> I mean at the same time I don't see you making it out of that situation. Me and my, my mom and I even had this conversation with my niece, who I think at the time was like 11 years old. I guess, you know, her friends and people at her school were using it. She was asking my mom, you know, can we use it? Why can't we use it? My mom was adamant, no, you know, older generation, of course, you know. And I'm, I'm to the point where like, yeah, I'm trying to explain to my niece. It's like, well, it's, some people say it's this and this, such and such. I'm the kind of person where I'll give you the information, you, let, you make your own decision. And she was 11 at the time, so maybe not the right. Right. That might have been too much the pressure to put on her, but hey, that's just the way I think. Situations like that is why I'm not. I'm really not sure how I feel about it. In my personal life, I I lean more towards the not using it at all side, but I can see where people are coming from, and except how, for when how, you're engaging in conversation with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Full well, disclosure, I have used it in in, in fits of frustration. <laughs> I have used it in fits of frustration. Now, I will say that. Like this, Moses got me. That's probably the only time I actually use it in fits of frustration. <laughs> right. But see, that's why I can't say I'm fully against it because even I've used it, even in the ironic, you know, first. But see, but see, that that's the whole thing. Like using it, it don't mean you're not against it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like uh, that I'm totally against it because I know me sometimes, and I and I know the conversation that I have. But what I'm saying is, there's a certain level of professionalism that you should have. Right, because this and, specifically talking about in the workplace, and 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 for you to even sit back and say, 
that you want to use this word in the break room, not on the floor or whatever, you know, uh, who are you? Where you? Where do you come from? What planet? Like, like, why, why do you even want to use this in this in, in this atmosphere? Like, why, 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 why? Stop it, man. Have more respect for yourself and those around you. That's the only thing I'm saying. Yeah. If this man feel more uncomfortable than you, it's a problem. Like, right. why do you feel comfortable speaking this way around this guy right here? Like, like, come on, like. So that brings up another question. What do you, how about um, a lot of these rappers who use that word in their, in their titles? Like Jay-Z has a song, In Words in Paris, and Gwyneth Paltrow got no, in trouble no, no, because no, they- no. Now, See, what I, this is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Jay-Z, even in every meeting that he is in, uses other words and speak well in every interview right. I've ever seen. He don't. That's, that's not a word that he used freely. ISQ, that's not a word he used freely. You got to understand, it's a time and a place for everything. But if you're taking the word and you're making it yours, that means I use that word with my people. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't use it out here in the open because I, why, why would I make them feel so comfortable enough to be able to use that word with me when I know for a fact I'm going to go berserk as soon as he said. I've heard this asked before and I never really got a legit answer. Do you just skip that part where you're singing it? If you're white, you don't even go to that part. No, you don't sing that the song. Don't head. sing the song. You shouldn't even sing the song. That song is off limits for you. Sorry. <laughs> it's a great song. I love it. But what people don't realize that song, if you skip to the album 444, where he was talking about uh, OJ story and where he was just talking about no matter how far. I make it, I'm still gonna be the they still gonna look at me as the oh, same. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great song. That's what when that's he made niggas in Paris, when he made niggas in Paris, that's what he was talking about. And that's what people don't realize. Like his discography, him and Kanye West, I feel like both discography, they talk about things here and then they go deeper into it in a whole nother album. And you gotta listen, you gotta really listen to understand what they're talking about. He's talking about you do niggas in Paris. He's talking about like how we done made it to Paris. We we at the top of the music game. We had the number one album. We got the best album, album, but people still looking at us. We're in Paris. We got all these white people looking at us, you know, bouncing to our song. Like you said, they're not even like the same song, but guess what? They still looking at us like we niggas. You see what I'm saying? So do you like think that, so do you think they even realize the relevance of that song and that title? Who? Like when Gwen Paltrow said it was her favorite Jay-Z song. Like, do you even think she... Yeah, she don't even understand that. No, she don't understand. What I just explained, she doesn't even understand that. And they don't even look through the lens or that scope that we look through. And, you know... Then you got to ask the question also. My fault, I ain't trying to cut you off, Tim. Then you got to ask the question also, why would that be her favorite song? Yeah. Yeah. Because she liked the word. (laughs) Because it's provocative. Of all Jay-Z songs, of all of Jay-Z songs, of all the Jay Z songs, why would that song be your favorite song? Honestly, that's the question hmm. you gotta ask yourself. Whose because favorite song is this? I would ask her. I'm like, why is this your favorite song? Whose favorite song? Who you like about that song so much? Gwyneth Paltrow. I believe that was her. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure that was her. When I type in Gwyneth Paltrow and Jay Z, apparently they thought she was Becky with the good hair. That's why it's her favorite song. Huh? They apparently they Hello. thought Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow was Becky with the good hair. Mm. 
Okay, she Maybe tweeted that. She tweeted what she tweeted that. She tweeted the song or something like that. Before we close this, I do want to share with you guys a song that I think has very good use of that word because of the context. Gary Clark Jr., wow. This Land. I mean, I know who he is. I just never heard that song in a while. I've never listened to any of his music, even though I know who he is. He's hard. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't even know he was a rocker. I thought he was a country singer. Blues, probably. Oh blues more, more so blues. <laughs> no, nah, he's, nah, he's rock. He's rock. I mean, yeah, as far as genre, but if you listen to him play, it really sounds like a lot of blues influence to me. Uh-huh. I think and he could be rock. I mean, we did do bro- we did do rock and roll first. We did country first. We're kind of awesome, hey, but hey, man. we are music. I mean, like let's black people, black 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 people kind of rock. But I digress. Black lives matter. Hashtag black lives matter. All lives matter. <laughs> I said all lives matter as a joke, but I did put uh on social media i actually got it from a friend a facebook friend of mine all lives don't get hung from trees in 2020 america and ruled a suicide wow that's a fact all lives do not get hung from trees and labeled as suicide and then in 2020 america in 2020 and then and then it's five or more right but hey man we're going overboard we're doing too much right now yeah, so man, just, black lives matter. That's not what MLK would have wanted. Shout out to all the black women in America. Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to all the black. Absolutely. Shout out to shout out to all the black queens, like Tam said. Hey man, I love black women so much. I made one. Do I have to say it again, Tim? Mm-hmm. I love black women so much that I made one. I I got it. Bro. Okay, I got it. I need you to laugh at my jokes. I think that boy Pete think that hey that, that, that was one of his Jay-Z lines right there. That was <laughs> bars, bars, bars. Please arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Uh yeah. Real talk, that I don't care if you're black or white. That could be that could be anybody. So if you're not on board with that, then you just hey man, I I'm gonna say is find your find your empathy before you find your tragedy. I really hope nothing like that happens to anybody. But Find your empathy before you find your tragedy. Justice for Brianna. Justice for Brianna. I agree 100%, man. That's the best way to go out this time. That's the best sign off out of her because sometimes she get lost in the sauce and she should be one of the ones a part of the forefront of it. Justice for Brianna, man.
All right, everybody. Now is a segment that we're going to try called Real Quick. Real Quick is going to be basically us getting something off our chest that we didn't have a chance to get to during the main during the main show. The great Tim Lewis has volunteered to go first with his Real Quick. Tim, what you got? Okay, Real Quick, man. The company I work for, the company has decided to make Juneteenth a national, basically a company-wide holiday paid and off. Someone decided, since we're off, let's go protest. Cool, all cool, Danny. They say we're going to protest from our store to the Fulton County Courthouse. Now, (laughs) I'm not sure if you know how far that is, but not to go into too much detail, 7.3 miles. I get it. You want to use this day to, I get stand for the calls. Let's do that, but let's be more sensible about this. Everybody ain't in 7.3 mile shape. I hike a lot. I go hiking all the time. 7.3 miles ain't just something you wake up and go do. Like, I mean, three miles, cool. That's a, for most people don't know, three miles is like three point, I think it's like 3.7 miles. That's a 5K. Two of those is what we know what they plan on doing. It's the fact that people, like when people don't do this stuff, they don't understand the seriousness and like the level of like how much that you really gotta be in, bro. Even um, for <laughs> even for an everyday person, like I'm bro, not just talking about nobody that's. I'm just saying, though. do I like? Am I crazy for thinking that? Do that sound crazy? Like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just you. You know, like you just used to look around. Like I don't think y'all realize how far that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they don't walk. It, it say two hours and forty two minutes. Now, mind you. That's if you're keeping a pace of more that's than... Fat, that's, that's, that, that's a brisk walk, man. That's, that's a fast that's pace. A, that's a... Like, <laughs> steady, not, <laughs> not slowing <laughs> down. You stepping. Like, I'm talking about high stepping. Like, yeah. Jackson they State. Like, they really don't understand that that thing going to run about <laughs> four, four and a half hours. <laughs> four, four and a half hours. <gasps> four and some change. Yeah. That's just there. <laughs> That's yeah. just there. That ain't- oh, yeah, y'all gotta oh, come back. They talk about walking back. I thought it was all together. Y'all gotta come back. You mean 14.6? No, 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 no. 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 That's, almost, that's a half marathon. No. That's a full work day. <laughs> I get we get paid for it. I get that's it. eight to nine hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they go. I'm telling. I'm telling you straight up. People gonna get there and start calling rides. They call. Start calling Lyft. <laughs> Lyfts and Ubers. Honestly, honestly, these one team, eight or fourteen miles, they gonna be looking good, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That was my real quick. That had me dying all day today. Oh man, yeah. Oh, God. All right. My real quick is going to be a um, big shout out to that girl, uh, Krista Virnock, for actually standing up and actually saying what she needed to say. You know what I'm saying? Because people don't understand white privilege until you actually have somebody like her to step out and say the things that she said. You know, for someone who repeatedly, repeatedly have stolen things, DUIs, all type of things like that. 
for somebody to repeatedly do those things and nothing bad ever happened to her. Like she said, at 15 years old, she was chased through the mall by the police who were yelling, stop thief. I had thousands of dollars of stolen merchandise on me. I was caught, booked, sentenced to six months of probation, required to see a parole officer weekly. I was never even handcuffed. That's white privilege. And for somebody to even speak out on it and say, I need you guys to understand that um, it's really what they're saying it is. You feel what I'm saying? People don't want to accept it and people don't want to um, allow, allow themselves to really really look at it and be like, you know what, I do have a privilege in my life of being white right now because, you know, they don't, they, they don't want to look at it like that. They want to look like they have done everything on their own and they never, they never really had any heart, no, no, no setbacks. And if they, they put their mind to it, they did it, they did it on their own. And then, you know what I'm saying? About the boots, about uh, strapping up their bootstraps and all that stuff. Like, you didn't do that, bro. You had a helping hand from day one. And that right there really get to show you. At 15 years old, now I can imagine myself at 15 years old running through the mall with thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. Thousands of dollars worth of merchandise? We wouldn't know you right now because you're still being a slammer. Thank you. Thank you. I would have been locked up from 15 to 18, and then they would have probably put some extra years on top of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have had 10 years probation. I know that for a fact. For a fact. That's even after I did from 15 to 18 inside of our, inside of our juvie. So I'm just telling you, man, like I said, I just want to do my real quick and shout out to her because people don't even really understand that. Y'all need to go on Twitter and look her up. Krista Vernoff. Shout out to her. That's an ally right there, man. That's an ally. Speaking of allies, real quick, let me just start off by reading one thing for you. I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block and his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. Ladies and gentlemen, that quote came from Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he was in jail in Birmingham. Let me break it down for you. To all of you who say, now is not the time to kneel. This isn't the way to do it. That's, there's a better way. That's not what MLK would have wanted. There, he's talking to you. You prefer a civilized way of doing things instead of making you uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when you realize something's wrong. It is uncomfortable in your marriage to realize that there's a problem that needs to be addressed. It is uncomfortable for this country for us to realize that there's finally been a problem that we've been sweep, sweeping under the rug. This is not going to be a, couple, a comfortable couple of months, maybe even a couple of comfortable couple of years. But if you call yourself an ally, my white brothers and sisters, if you truly call yourself an ally, this is not the time to be silent. This is not the time for peace. This is time for you to listen, reach out, say, what can I do? Don't tell us what we need to do. You've been doing that for too long. That's why we're in the situation that we're in now. Every time you say, well, he shouldn't have resisted. He should have listened, blah, blah, blah. He, the cop wasn't fair for his life. That is you being a white moderate. That is you preferring comfort over facing the grim reality of what's going on right now. I'm going to leave you with one more quote from that same person. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Well said. Well said. And with that, we'll be back with our last segment, our hopes and aspirations for this podcast. I just want to go around to each member and let's just discuss our aspirations of what we want from this show. Just, just a little history on the show. Um, Tim and I used to work together and one day we were just talking and he just said out of nowhere, we should do a podcast. Fast forward a year and a half and here we are. Really what came from it is uh, what got me on board was the fact that a lot of the shows that I listen to, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, was just two friends talking two or three friends talking. And that's just what we were doing at the time. After a year of procrastination, I mentioned it to DJ, the three of us hooked up and now here we are. Based on that, Tim, do you have any like aspirations or visions of where you want this show to go? Um, yeah. Um, for me, I want us to get to a place where we can kind of turn it into almost like a talk show, like a virtual online, like an online talk show almost, you know what I mean? Where we can interact and engage with our uh, followers and our audience, you know what I mean? Like you said, it all started from our initial everyday conversations, me pretty much picking your brain at work about things that we see online or just, you know, different thoughts, us getting other people's thoughts as well and bring those to the forefront as well. So taking it as far as we can and being able to engage with our audience and bring together, really get to talk to our audience and engage with them on a bigger platform. You know what I mean? So. EJ? Man, honestly, man, I, like, like, like Tim said, you know, be able to interact with our uh, listeners and as well as also be a voice for the people that's not at times, you know, being able to voice our opinions, but at the same time, let the world know how everyone that I know and I've grown up with feel about certain topics and situations. Because sometimes people don't have a platform to be able to speak on these topics and situations and say the things that they want to say because where they work at or, you know, people that they're around daily, you know, you know, you got some soccer moms who have to deal with certain, certain certain situations all the time and she can't speak her mind, but she didn't get in her car and go home and get on the telephone with her husband or something and really tell them, t- tell them how they feel. But me personally, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity, perfect platform to be able to, you know, share with the world how, you know, my family, my grandmothers, my grandfather, my aunties, my uncles, you know, our point of views. And I, I really feel like I, I, I want that show to move in that direction. To, to, a, to a certain extent, you know, I want us to be able to touch all platforms, you know, I want, you know, sports topics. Uh, I want to be able to talk politics every now and then. I want to be able to talk about the day-to-day, 
things that are going on in the news. I want to be able to talk about, you know, everyday life when it comes to us, our families. This this show can be so much. You know, we we, we it, it, it can be so huge or it can be so little. It's just about us thinking outside of the box. And if we can think outside of the box and we can continue to grow along with the show, it'll be awesome. Yeah, man, I, I agree with both you guys. Um, the weird thing about me is if I wake up and have caffeine immediately, my mind's going 100 miles an hour. So all day yesterday morning, I was just thinking about what we can do with this show. You know, how far it can go, how we can reach, what else we want to do, what platforms you want to be on. Man, and I, I think I told you guys before, man, I want this show to, try, I want this show to be the, the first brick in like a multimedia or media company. Now, I want this show to be something we do on the daily. You know what I'm saying? I want this show to lead into other shows. I want us to have a shows with our wives, with our respective others, another show. I want them to have a show. I want my wife to have a show. You know, I want us to do this. I want, I want us to get on video, you know, however big it takes us. And that was just, that, that, that was just the vision I believe God gave me, man. Um, 15 years ago, I started working in the uh, electronics department at a retail store. I started, I worked in the mornings and I just got fascinated with morning talk radio. I was like, man, geez, it'd be really cool to do that. A couple of years later, podcasting starts. I start listening to podcasts. Mind you, my, the topics I've listened to have changed over years, but I've always been fascinated with talk radio. I've always been fascinated with podcasts. I'm always saying, man, it, w- it would be really cool to do something like that. Now look where we are. We're at the beginning, man, but we got our own show. We're doing this. And who knows where it can go from here. I'm, I'm excited about this show, man, but I'm also excited about the opportunities we can give other people. Like I said, my wife's working on something right now. I want her to have a show about it. I agree. I agree 100%. I agree 100%, brother. I mean, like I said, there's so many directions that we can go in, man. It's so many. It, I mean, we can only go up from here. You better read that. She's telling me I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> hey, you do. And the thing, and the thing, but you know what? It's so awesome to be able to have a wife to be able to tell you, hey, enough is enough. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's time to shut it down. But, and it's also a good thing, too, that you're doing something. Because before, you weren't doing an extra with your life where you had to, where she had to remind you, like, oh, right. you got to work in the morning. And, and, that's, the, and, and that's the thing I, I took notice of, that's too. That's the beauty. Like, right you work, like, you you working now. Like, you doing more. You know what I mean? She's like, okay, hey, babe, like, you know. And that's, and that's the blessing I'm finding in this, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing more. I'm staying up later more than I want to to edit these shows. I don't have as much free time outside of my family or myself that I want to. But I enjoy every single minute doing this. And when it's done and when that full product comes up and I hear it and it's us, there is no better feeling, guys. Yeah. I'm telling you. So, yeah, it's right. a labor, but it's a labor of love because I'm enjoying every single minute. And that, that's, the, that, that's another thing that happened. For, for the longest time, me and my wife, we, we've been wanting to start some kind of business, but we just couldn't, couldn't, I just couldn't think of what. And that's, that's if the kind of person I am, that's a lot of pressure. You know, as a head, as a head of household to say, hey, I want to do this. But you not know you not knowing how to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But this opportunity comes up, 
for something I enjoy doing. Because they always say, if you enjoy what you're doing, you're not working. Exactly. You never work right? a day of your life. Yep. So I enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing this with you guys. I love you guys. Love Man, you too, I, brother. I, I want this. I want this to take us as far as as we can imagine. We will. You know why we will? Because we all believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know for a fact. I know for a fact, dude. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, this is God driven, man. And and one thing you gotta understand, and when you put him at the head and let him lead the way, only thing you gotta do is follow. You know what I mean? It's all about who you follow. And like I said, I'm not gonna go too deep into it because like <laughs> I know Tim gonna say <laughs> preach. I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but at the same time though, like I said, man, all thing we gotta do is continue to do what we're doing. We started. That was the whole goal. Yeah. We started. Now it's time to go to another level. Yes, sir. Crazy because every time you say, you know, you know, you remind us that we what we're doing is for God and we using this to really talk about the things that we're doing and, you know, progressing us forward and stuff. You remind me of, uh, I forgot to do nothing. They used to play for the Vikings. Or was it the Ravens? <laughs> he said, when God is, when God is, <laughs> who can be against, when God is for you, who can be yeah. against you? And no joke, that's always something Randy Moss would say, but I digress. Randy Moss, that's what he said. It. Oh, I really? <laughs> yes, that was Randy Moss. <laughs> But you know what, though? But you know what, though? It's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I can, I, I can honestly say that, you know, a lot of people be like, well, that's just how you feel. To me, that's not even an opinion. <laughs> to me, that's a fact, you know. So I, tr- I trust the Lord with any and everything that I do. You know what I mean? The man, the man said I took two knees. <laughs> one knee for <laughs> one knee for what's going on and one knee for God. <laughs> Well, guys, we're not, we're not going to keep you guys any longer. We love God. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much that you think so much of us that you're willing to give us some of your time. Yeah. Be sure to like us, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash opinionatedbrothers. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Rate us, review us, subscribe, share it with everybody you love. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you so, so much. God bless you, and we will see you next time. Captain Crunch, one of the best series in the world. Captain Crunch is trash. If you don't like, if, if you don't like the roof of your mouth, the roof of your mouth, yeah, Captain Crunch is great. <laughs> I could care less about the roof of my mouth. I like the roof of my mouth. <laughs>
just in, guys. Play or sing the first verse of Lift Every Voice and Sing at 846 every night to show the world that we will lift the voices of black lives until justice is won. I don't know when that starts. Oh, starting June 19th. Go ahead and play that. 